Louisiana braces itself for yet another hurricane. The expectation is we'll have landfall over Louisiana late on Friday. That's probably a major hurricane, uh, at least category three. The warmest September globally. How did the UK compare? So the picture for the UK, the UK had something of a mixed bag for September. And fine-tuning our view of future climate. This enables us and others to make robust and cost-effective decisions on how to adapt and manage these risks. It's Friday the 9th of October and you're listening to Weathersnap from the Met Office. Hello, I'm Claire Nazir and this is Weathersnap, an insider's guide to the week's weather brought to you direct from Met Office HQ. It's been an unprecedented hurricane season, more in terms of frequency of tropical storms than anything else, with the naming system well into Greek letters, having used up all the alphabet. Hurricane Delta clipped Cancun in Mexico earlier this week and is now developing into a major hurricane as it heads towards Louisiana. For the latest on the situation, here's tropical prediction scientist Julian Hemming. Earlier this week, Hurricane Delta made landfall over the Yucatan Peninsula, very close to the city of Cancun. It came ashore with winds, maximum sustained winds of near 110 miles an hour, which caused uh, considerable damage, damage to buildings, power lines were down, there's been some flooding as well. And uh, Hurricane Delta is, it weakened slightly, um, but then it's moved out into the Gulf of Mexico where it's gathering strength again. And the expectation is we'll have landfall over Louisiana late on Friday. That's probably a major hurricane, uh, at least category three. And in a similar place to Laura, Hurricane Laura made landfall last month. Yes, Hurricane Laura made landfall. It was towards the end of August and made landfall as a category four hurricane uh, on the western side of Louisiana. And the latest forecast suggests that Delta could come ashore in a very similar location. Now, let's just backtrack a little bit because prior to Delta, there was Gamma. Similar track, almost like repeating history with Laura and Marco. Marco didn't actually become a major hurricane. Yes, this shows how the conditions can vary in that part of the Caribbean and Gulf of Mexico very quickly in terms of the conditions which allow strong hurricanes to develop. One of the key factors is what we call wind shear, which if you have strong wind shear, this is where the winds vary a lot with height, it can act to kind of shear apart any developing storms. So what we saw with Tropical Storm Marco, which developed, and then as it moved towards the USA, it underwent quite a bit of high wind shear, which meant it actually fell apart. And it did come ashore over Louisiana, but as a very weak storm. And then just a, a few days later, uh, Laura found conditions which were much more favourable for intense hurricane development and so came ashore as a Category 4 hurricane. Can we say already this has been an extraordinary season? Yes, it certainly has. We've had 25 tropical storms in the season so far. It ranks second in the, uh, in the most number of storms in a season to 2005, which had a total of 28 for the whole season. Um, out of those 25, nine have become hurricanes, which is a high number for a typical season. It's actually a relatively low proportion of the storms that become hurricanes, because normally we might expect about half of all tropical storms to become hurricanes. But the key thing about this season has been the number of USA landfalls. Now we've had so far, even before Delta, we've had four hurricanes have made uh, landfall over the USA and nine tropical cyclones in total, including all tropical storms, have made landfall over the USA. 
Julian Hemming, thank you very much. For the latest on Hurricane Delta, check out the Met Office Storm's Twitter feed. This week, the Global Temperature Series released by ECMWF as part of their Copernicus Climate Change Service declared this September as the warmest on record globally. If you cast your mind back to last month here in the UK, there was a lot of sunshine and high temperatures, but the month ended in rain. To find out how this fits with global data, I spoke to Met Office climate scientist Dr Mark McCarthy. The data show that temperatures were really well above average um, in many parts of the world, most notably across northern Siberia, uh, which have seen some very high temperatures for a lot of this year, actually. But not only there, in parts of Europe, it has been very notably warm across the Middle East, South America and Australia, resulting in the fact that in this particular analysis, this particular data set, September 2020 is the warmest September in that series. There are many data sets that analyse global temperature, though, aren't there? Yeah, that's right. So this is one analysis. We don't have observations at every point in the whole world. So in order to develop analyses of the global mean temperature, which is a really important indicator for climate and climate change, there are a number of methods that are used to develop these data sets. So this particular data set is one of those, but there are also complementary data sets that use a different set of observations and different uh, methodologies to calculate these statistics. And overall, uh, what these different analyses and different data sets, they all show the same broad picture of our changing climate, but they may differ slightly in some of the fine detail. Let's talk about the UK September weather, in particular temperature. How does it sit? relative to the global data? So the picture for the UK was slightly different. So although parts of Europe, um, particularly in the east, were quite a bit warmer than average, the UK had something of a mixed bag for September. So although we had actually a very notable warm spell mid-month, seeing some very high temperatures for the time of year, and that was tempered by uh, the last week of the month, actually a, a very different story with uh, some quite cool uh, and very cold temperatures for, for the time of year. So that sort of balanced out and September overall in the UK um, was close to average for the time of year. Finally, Mark, 2020, how is it looking so far in terms of temperature as a year? Well, for the UK overall, actually, all months have been warmer than average, with the exception of July, which was the only sort of cooler than average month this year. So for the year so far, uh, it is shaping up to be another warm year overall, depending on what happens for the next three months. Um, but it does look at this point in the year more than likely that um, 2020 will fit uh, within perhaps the top 10 warmest years on record for the UK. Dr Mark McCarthy, thank you very much. The UK Climate Predictions, or UKCP for short, is a series of projections that give an indication of future climate based on current data. Since the first set of projections in 2009, a number of updates have been made with the latest due in a few weeks' time. Here with the details, Graham Madge. The UK's climate projections are vital to understanding the impact that climate change will have on the UK. They are, if you like, our window on the future out to 2100. The more we can refine those projections, the better our view will be. 
During October, the Met Office is set to reveal a major update of the projections, enabling us to resolve extreme weather events such as heatwave and extreme rainfall. The Met Office's Dr Fai Fung is Climate Services Lead for UKCP. The UK climate projections have got quite a long history. They were set up really around the early 90s. Each of these climate projections have very much gone alongside the international climate negotiations. The headline findings that we get in the latest UK climate projections is one of um, a greater chance of hotter, dry summers and warmer, wetter winters. UKCP can already tell us a lot about the UK's future climate. But what more can we expect from the new capabilities, especially around extremes? One of the new products that we're introducing in October is called the Probabilistic Projections of Climate Extremes. The particular aspect that is interesting in these new set of data is that we focus on providing information on climate extremes. Those uh, extremes include daily maximum temperatures, and also the uh, five-day rainfall, so how much rainfall there is in, in consecutive five days. While UKCP projections are underpinned by national and global data, the outputs are providing an insight into potential climate conditions at increasingly more local levels. The Met Office headquarters are based here in Exeter in Devon. A sneak peek of the projections for Exeter reveals startling figures for future rainfall and temperatures. Currently in Exeter, we expect a maximum summer temperature extreme of around 33 degrees Celsius or more in one summer out of 20. But depending on the amount of greenhouse gases which are put into the atmosphere by 2090, we can expect that maximum summer temperature to reach 38 degrees Celsius and even higher temperatures cannot be ruled out. Away from the local picture, climate projections, of course, have national and international importance too. Each of these climate projections have very much gone alongside the international climate negotiations on climate change and have kind of supported the UK government to look at how they plan for climate change. And the most recent one is also being adopted by the government to look at climate change too. Part of the UK government's response to climate change is to produce a climate-based risk assessment. Liz Bergere is Head of Climate Change Evidence at DEFRA. The UK, under the Climate Change Act, has to do climate change risk assessment every five years. The UKCP were used for the first climate change risk assessment and the second one and the new climate projections will be used for the next climate change risk assessment which is due in 2022. Based on that climate risk assessment, government can translate UKCP projections into actions. The UK climate projections provide an assessment of how UK climate might change to the end of the century. So this provides government and others with a key set of tools that allows us to assess the risks under a changing climate. Importantly, this enables us and others to make robust and cost-effective decisions on how to adapt and manage these risks. While efforts are being made globally to curb greenhouse gas emissions, the reality is our climate will continue to change for many years to come. That's why the forthcoming enhancements to the UKCP projections will be more important than ever in helping the UK respond to a changing climate.
Graham Madge and we'll be taking a closer look at the latest UKCP projections when they're released later this month. Back to the here and now. It's been a wet week, but what's in store for the weekend and beyond? Here with the details, Alex Deacon. Don't expect much warmth this weekend, but it should be a drier weekend compared to last weekend. Not completely dry, there'll still be quite a few showers around for most of us on Saturday, but there will be some sunshine, particularly on Sunday. There'll still be a cold wind blowing, but even that should be easing down somewhat by Sunday. The weather's settling down a little bit then because high pressure is trying to shimmy in, but it's a slow old process as this high pushes in gradually through the weekend, bumping up against that low pressure, the combination actually squeezing the isobars, and that's what's providing the northerly winds and uh, the real chill to proceedings certainly on Friday. It will turn quite cold. There'll be enough of a breeze to stop temperatures falling too far, but uh, where the winds are a bit lighter across the south, it is going to be colder here even than the previous night, which was pretty chilly, and uh, some rural spots certainly close to freezing. So a chilly old start to the weekend, but we should see some sunshine across the south. Further north, quite a lot of cloud on Saturday morning, and there will be some showers pushing into northern England, the Midlands, and all the time across northern Scotland. For most places, Sunday will be dry. It'll start cold, certainly, but that wind will ease a bit through the course of the day. And so by the afternoon, temperatures similar to Saturday's values, but it'll probably feel a bit warmer because there won't be as many showers, should be a bit more sunshine, and those winds will be at least a little bit lighter. So for most of the dry and a bright day on Sunday, as I said, overall the weekend a lot drier than last weekend. Keep up to date with the very latest throughout the weekend by following the Met Office on social media. Before we go, here's Martin Bowles with the weekly weather extremes. Here are your weekly weather extremes from Monday the 28th of September to Sunday the 4th of October. The highest maximum temperature occurred at Manston in Kent, which reached 21.2 Celsius on Tuesday. The coldest night was Thursday into Friday morning, where Shap in Cumbria recorded a low of minus 2.4 Celsius. Dundrennan in Dumfries and Galloway had the sunniest day, with 10.7 hours of sunshine. That was on Thursday the 1st of October. The end of last week was blighted by widespread rainfall. Warnings were issued for many areas. The highest daily rainfall recorded on our gauges in one day was in Crabstone in Aberdeenshire, which had 66.6mm on Saturday. Martin, many thanks. That's it for WeatherSnap. I'm Claire Nazir. Producer is Adrian Holloway. Do join us again next time for a closer look at the science behind the weather and climate headlines. WeatherSnap is a podcast by the UK Met Office.